and the rest of you out here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Would you please turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You say, oh, I don't have anything to turn to. Well, bring your Bibles. That'll work. Uh, somebody left a sticker up here for me. <laughs> says, keep it up. All right. That's cool. I like that. So encouraging one in our series, about to come to an end, our one another series, I kind of wish we could just keep going. There's about probably 40 or 50 more one another's that would work. But at any rate, encouraging one another today, an important part of the ministry, of our ministry, my ministry philosophy and my wife's, one in which we are commanded to participate is growth, uh, individual growth as Christians, uh, corporate growth as churches. We ought to continually be growing and becoming more what God wants us to be. So every living thing grows. Trees, living things, grow. Um, uh, flowers, living things, grow. Animals, living things, grow. Fish, living things, grow. Rocks, not living things, don't grow. So what are you? <laughs> you know, are we growing? Are we, are we, if we're alive, we should be growing. In the other church, we used to talk about no, grow, give, go. No is being saved, fellowshipping with God, not just knowing about him in our head, but knowing him in our heart, knowing him in, 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 the, in the sense of putting our full faith, trust, and confidence in him for everlasting life. Growing, uh, spiritually becoming more like Jesus Christ every single day. It talks about discipleship here. Giving, giving our time, talents, treasures for the glory of God. Uh, never are we more like Jesus Christ than when we are giving of ourselves. And then go is to serve, to take the gospel to the workplace, to our neighborhoods, to our family, to the uttermost parts of the world, to Thailand, uh, to Cambodia, to China, uh, to Vietnam, to uh, England, to France, to where we go. Take the gospel, and it also includes sending missionaries. And that's why we have missionaries that we support, is I can't beat, you can't beat every country, so we can send people to countries that otherwise we would not have uh, the opportunity to bring a gospel message to them. So here's some questions as we go over this message today I want you to be thinking about. Are you growing in the Lord. When my grandson comes over, <clears throat> every few months we, we have this little measuring thing and we, we measure to see how tall he's grown. We used to do that on the door jam of our, of our old house and had all the kids all the way through the years uh, for about a 29-year period. It was amazing. Uh, but we, we, measure, uh, we measure our grandson. Uh, are you, I know you don't measure with a real yardstick or something, but are you growing in the Lord? Are you closer to God today than you were one year ago? Are you growing in your knowledge of him? Are you growing in your faith? Are you willing to walk where you maybe hadn't walked before? Are you living a victorious Christian life, or are you living a defeated Christian life? Here's, here's a question. What if everybody else at First Baptist Church was growing at the same rate you are, or not growing at the same rate you are, or stagnating as you are. What if everybody else was like that? What would our church look like? Would it look like a, a nursery, a kindergarten, or would it look like a grad school if everybody were like you? Consistent growth is more difficult if we become discouraged. So here's one reason it's important to encourage people. I, I looked into a <clears throat> diagnostic statistic manual of, of, of disorders, and it talks about major depression episode. When you have major depressive episodes of at least two weeks, 
uh, that's an indication that there's something serious going on. Sleep issues are involved. Not being able to sleep, uh, difficulty sleeping, not being able to go to sleep, not being able to stay to sleep, or the opposite, sleeping way too much. Changes in appetite and weight. <clears throat> Changes of more than 5% uh, body weight in a month. Increase or decrease can indicate a problem. Decreased energy or, or an onset of, of continuous fatigue is an indicator that something's wrong. Uh, having problems concentrating, uh, making decisions or thinking clearly can be indicative there's something going on. A psychomotor agitation or retardation, rapid movements or, or real ultra-slow movements, um, recurrent thoughts of death or suicide. And I say again, if you ever think about hurting yourself, please call me. Please call somebody. Please talk to somebody. At, your, at a low point, when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, when you're tired, when you're sick, when you're sad, those are the times that Satan will impress upon you, you just need to end it all. Or those are the times when your own mind will deceive you and think there's no reason to live. There's no hope for living. So I just need to, uh, to end it all. Please, please, please get someone, get some help. These symptoms uh, cause, if, if it happens, you know, everybody gets down every once in a while, right? Everybody gets down a little bit. Uh, I think everybody does anyhow. But when there's significant distress or impairment of your social skills or your functioning ability uh, to be able to hold a job, be able to take care of family, uh, you, need to, you need to address that. Depression can begin at any age and affect any race and anyone, any socioeconomic uh, status at all. Uh, the median age of, some, of, de of depression onset is 32 and a half. If you happen to be 32 and a half, I did not know that. Please don't think I'm singling you out. The prevalence of adults with major depressive episode is highest among individuals, and this surprised me, from 18 to 25. I would think maybe older, you know, but 18 to 25. 8.7% uh, of women have depression, 5.3% of men have depression. So understand, there's a lot out there to depress us. War is terrible. Mean people at work. Mean people at church. I don't think we have any of those, but crummy jobs, family problems that you can't seem to fix, physical problems, diseases, addictions, stress, hopelessness, politics, homelessness, uh, those kinds of things. And Paul was concerned about people in his day and age over 2,000 years ago and the fact that uh, they needed encouraging. And so he gave us a whole passage here uh, talking about the, the, imp the importance of mutually encouraging each other. And he starts in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. Now, concerning how and when all this will happen, what is he referring to? This that will happen. In the previous chapter, he talked about what we sang about today, and that is going home to be with the Lord. Saints departing the earth. What happens, uh, what, what's going to happen one of these days when the Lord comes back? Uh, the trumpet's going to sound, the voice of the archangel, and, and, the, and those that are in Christ will be caught up in the, in the air. Those that have died will be raised from the dead, will go up together. So shall we ever be with the Lord. So concerning this event, uh, it will happen, dear brothers and sisters. We, we don't really need to write to you, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. In other words, it, it's going to be a surprise to a lot of people. Matthew 24, 2 Peter 3. The night is whenever there's time of quiet unconcern, or 
you are unconscious, so you don't know that something's happening. And that's when a lot of break-ins occur. That's when people roam around our neighborhood and try to get into cars. Are you on a neighborhood watch thing? We're on this. We got this doorbell that sees when people at our doors. So now it, uh, people have to post all these. There was a guy walking around our neighborhood. He had a clipboard. I don't know what he's doing. He's taking. There was a helicopter. A helicopter. What's the helicopter? We're in a Navy town, folks. We have helicopters. <laughs> the police has helicopters. Civilians have helicopters. There are always helicopters in air. Don't freak out about the helicopters. But we get all these we notices. But sometimes they're, I think, valid. They'll say, you know what? Someone's been trying our doors. Or somebody got into our garage. And so... It happens when you don't expect it. It happens when you're not a thinking about it. If you were thinking about it, you would be waiting for them. In whatever way you think is sufficient to wait for them. I'm, I won't go into that a whole lot more. But the, the night is coming. There's quite an unconcern. At midnight, figuratively, uh, in some parts of the earth, of course, it will be night. But in other parts, it won't be. The Lord's coming back. And the thief gives no notice of his approach. Uh, he, he, he takes prevention, rather precaution to prevent the household from knowing about it. So does the Lord. It's going to be something that no man knows the day nor the hour. Signs will precede the coming, um, but the coming itself will be sudden at last. And the, and the second coming is in two phases. Okay, this is a whole different message, but the first part is the rapture. When the Lord comes back for those who are born again, and we're taken out of the earth, we're in heaven, there's the marriage feast of the Lamb, there's the Bema seat judgment going on for seven years while the great tribulation is going on on earth. Then Christ will come again to the earth, to the Mount of Olives that will be split in two, the Mount's will, and Christ will come. A nation will be saved as in a day Israel will be saved, and then the millennial kingdom will be set up. Christ comes back, battle of Armageddon takes place. So there's the rapture and the revelation. He says, when people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, that's when disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a Pregnant woman's labor pains begin. No one knows exactly when that's going to happen. Our first child was supposed to be a Thanksgiving baby, born December the 17th. Go figure. And there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark. In other words, you aren't uninformed about these things, dear brothers and sisters, Paul says to those believers in Thessalonica. And you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief, or literally when the daylight overtakes the thief. For you all are children of light. And of the day, and this has the idea of being a son, sharing the characteristics of the father. I had a devotion uh, this, this week by Institute of Creation Research that was really interesting on what distinguishes us from the animal life. I always said it was like the spirit of God uh, versus the, the soul, which is a, a awareness of life. Uh, but he said it, it was being made in the image of God, and I can't argue with that. Being made in the image of God, whatever that means. And here's the idea of sharing the characteristics of the Father, being in his image. We don't belong to darkness and the night. So be on guard, be wakeful, not asleep like others. Stay alert, be clear-headed, sober. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. And this is defensive armor here. But Ephesians 6 mentions offensive armor of the sword of the Spirit, and even the shield could be used in an offensive way. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So, 
All of those 10 verses. So, therefore, encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. So how many would agree the world's in a mess? How many would agree our country's in a mess? How many would agree our state is in a mess? Yes. And the world is that way, but take heart. Guess what? It's going to be okay one day. Can I get an amen to that? Perhaps one day soon. Now, what you don't see necessarily, unless you check out what the Greek says there about encourage. The word for encourage each other is parakaleo, which comes from two different words in the Greek, which means para, which is to the side of, and kaleo, which is call. Call to the side of, to aid, to help, to comfort, to encourage. That's what it means. We are to be parakaleos, and we are to call to our side. You know what's interesting about that? Terminology? In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus said, red letters, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter, parakaleo. I will give you another comforter. It's in the masculine gender there that he may abide with you forever. The same word, you and I are supposed to be, and and this is not being disrespectful. This is not being blasphemous. You and I are supposed to be little holy spirits in this unholy world. That's why we're doing what we're doing Thursday night. That's why we're doing what we do on Sunday mornings. We're to be little holy spirits. You go into people's lives. I know you're not God. I know I'm not God. But we're to be little holy spirits, dedicated, separated unto God, unto righteousness. Holy Spirit, just like Christian, one of the definitions of Christian is little Christ, models of Christ. We're to imitate him. We're to become like him. We are never going to be him, but we're to try. And so we're to be little holy spirits, comforters. I, I don't know how long ago, maybe a few years ago, uh, when we go to motels, go to meetings and things, and we check into a motel, it seems like there's this new thing of all these fluffy comforters. I know it's not going to sound very manly, but I love those stupid things. I know you guys sleep in trenches and, you know, on a ship and rattle around. and I know all of that. I, I know you guys on submarines I, I sleep there hugging a torpedo. I know that. You're so cool, but I, I love the comforter. I like to just kind of wallow down in it and make a little nest or something. I, I, I like that. It's called a comforter because, class, it comforts. So are you a comforter or are you an afflictor? People find out I'm a preacher and sometimes they get a little nervous. They get... You're going to see something happens, something goes on. And I I say, my job is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. That's what my job is. So being comforted is good. You and I are to be comforters. Now, the source of encouragement, and finally we get to the outline, the source of encouragement is God's truth. I don't know what else to tell you. It's not, it's not. Your innate ability to be so cool, it's not my innate ability to be so wise, it's, it's God's truth regarding heaven. I, I got some friends that I try to witness to that I went to high school with who are so, they're atheists, they're just total atheists, and, 
and I say things every once in a while, and I try to say the right kind of thing, but I, I'm going to tell you what. I believe in heaven. I believe in a heaven where it's going to be a wonderful place. I believe that God's prepared that for people who love him and have accepted him and received him as a personal Savior. And, and, I, and my, some of my friends, uh, when you die, you just die like a dog. Whatever that means. I mean, I don't know if they die differently than horses or cats. Or Cats take a lot longer to die. I know that. They got nine lives. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, so you, got, you want to convince me you're right? You want to convince me to be an atheist? And what are you giving me? For heaven, nothing? Well, one of them said, well, you'll become stardust. I don't want to be stardust. I am a little too, you know, macho for that. I, I don't want to be stardust. Let me sprinkle. I, 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 want to be, I want to be God's child living in heaven. Healing. Healing. Huh? Healing. God will heal, and God heal. If you get healed at all and from anything, it's God who does it. I don't care if you get a scratch from a thorn tree or a thorn bush or a rose bush or something because your skin knits back together is because God is involved in that process. He created our bodies in such a way. When I was in college and, and before I knew I was going to be a preacher, uh, taking um, anatomy and physiology and, and those kinds of courses, and I was already a Christian and I was amazed when you would take a textbook and you had your specimen, and you had to make an incision here, and you had to pull this muscle back and that muscle back, and you'd find this vein or this artery or this nerve exactly where a textbook that was written maybe, I don't know, 50, 60, 100 years ago, find it exactly where it said you would be. And people, people want to be, uh, want to believe in evolution? It just all happened? I think there's a common designer I think of this architect, not only of the universe, architect of the smallest body, the smallest atom, and everything in between. So heaven and healing and forgiveness. I mean, that's so encouraging. I can be forgiven when I do something stupid, when I do something dumb. I can be forgiven. Grace and mercy and rest and praise and worship and peace and joy, and no sin someday, and no sorrow someday, and no pain someday, and no death someday, and no sad goodbye someday, and no devil, and no failure, and no bills, and no taxes from the state of California? <laughs> yes, that's on my mind. No pressures, no mean people. God's truth is the source of encouragement and if you know God's truth, you ought to share it with people who don't know God's truth or who need to be reminded of God's truth. You become an encourager when you do that. We're to speak the truth in love. It's one of the elders' qualifications, according to Titus chapter 1, verse 9. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught. A strong belief in the Word of God the trustworthy message we were taught. And then he will be able to what? Encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. It's the word of God. Again, it's not our brilliance. It's the word of God. 
Paul charges the preacher in 2 Timothy 4.2 to preach the word of God, to be prepared. Instant, in season, out of season, it says in the King James, prepared whether the time is favorable or not in the ESV. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with what? Good teaching. Good doctrine from the word of God. Paul's own example is found in the same book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. And you know that when we treated each of you as a father treats his own children, we pleaded with you, we encouraged you, and we urged you to live your lives in such a way that God would consider worthy, for he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. We encouraged you as a father encourages his children. This whole book of First Thessalonians is an example. It talks about he talks about Christians who have died, and he says specifically, he says, "Asleep in Christ," because they don't die; their body is through until it's renewed one day, until it's resurrected one day, until our body becomes like his glorified body. But, but the Christian doesn't die. We close our eyes in this life and open them in the next. That is encouraging. If you've ever wondered, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when that final pain in my chest occurs? What's going to happen when the doctors have done all they can do? What's going to happen in the very end? You're going to fall asleep in Christ and you'll wake up in his presence. That's what's going to happen. That's encouraging. The rapture, we already talked about that. That's encouraging. When thing, You think things are bad? They're going to get worse until one day God says, it's time, go get my kids, bring them in. Concerning salvation, concerning living for Christ, concerning all things working together for the good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. God has a reason and a purpose for the things that he either wills to happen or allows to happen. Two different things. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians is filled with reasons to be encouraged. And then the ways we can encourage one another this is such a simple, I mean, this is, there's nothing profound about any of this. Know the Word of God. Know His promises. Until you know His promises, you're going to fret about things that you don't need to be fretting about. But when God gives you a promise in an area that otherwise would cause you anxiety and panic and, 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 and whatever fear, knowing what God has to say about something can make all the difference in the world. Seek the Holy Spirit's comfort and leadership in your life. Knowing the Word of God and walking where God wants you to walk. The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. I want to walk where God wants me to walk, even if it takes me places I don't want to go. You say, I'm not smart enough. If I figured out my own path and figured out the direction I wanted to go, I'd mess everything up. I want to work, walk where God wants me to walk. I want the Holy Spirit to show this little Holy Spirit so I can be a Holy Spirit to people. I can be a comfort to those that are around me. Make the encouraging of others your ministry. What do you do down there at First Baptist Church? Well, I'm on leadership team. Well, I'm on the VIP. Well, I work in the nursery. Well, I work in long boards. Well, I, 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 I vacuum and set up chairs. And Well, I run the sound. Well, I play in the praise. You know what? Here's a ministry we can all have. Be an encourager. There are enough discouraging people. Oh, my goodness. What was that guy's name in uh, 
that Al Cap comic dog patch or whatever it was, guy that walked around, Joe, whatever his name was, with a dark cloud above his head all and lightning bolts and, and rain. It was always just on him. He'd walk over here and there, the cloud would follow him. It's it like, you know, it's like, whoa, gloom, despair, and agony on me. You know, that kind of, that, everything was bad. Don't be that guy. Be a little Holy Spirit to others. Be nice to people. Remember the golden rule. Treat them as you would want to be treated. I've heard of preachers <laughs> who make a hospital visit, and they go in, and someone says, oh, man. I just don't feel good. I got this pain here, and I got something else going on. And, and I've heard people say this and, and, and with straight faces. And not, yeah, yeah, my uncle had that. He died. It was awful. It was awful. That's not encouraging. If your uncle did have that and died, don't tell them that. So, so here's, the, here's the conclusion. Here's the final analysis. In, in this keeping with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, are you an encourager or a discourager? What's your nature? What's your temperament? What's your personality? And by the way, that whatever it is, you don't have to stay that way if it's the wrong thing. Because the capital H-O-L-Y, capital S-P-I-R-A-T, can change your lowercase H-O-L-Y-S-P-I-R-I-T. He changed mine. He's still changing mine, thankfully. Are you an encourager or a discourager? Are you a zapper or a sapper? What's a zapper? A zap, zapper gives a charge. You ever walk across the floor and, and, and you touch the doorknob and you go, pow! I'm not saying you need to walk around socking people or something like that. I'm just saying that, that's a charge of electricity. It gets you going. It wakes you up. A sapper drains. You know people who just, it's like, it's like you have a short in your car and it's slow. You, buy, you can have a brand new battery. You can have a brand new alternator. And, and, and if you leave your car sit too long, sap the energy. There are people who are professional sappers. You know what you need to do to them? Zap them. For the glory of God, zap them. Be a zapper. Do you charge other batteries or do you drain others? Are you a giver or are you a taker emotionally? Again, what if everyone else at First Baptist Church were just like you? as far as encouraging others is concerned, what would our church look like? God, make us an army, or if you prefer, a navy of encouragers. <laughs> and let's begin today. Whoever it was, doggone it, that is so cool. Keep it up right there. They've already started. Let's have the, let's have the same zeal that kids can have when they get serious about doing something. Let me, let me encourage you this way by letting you know if you're not sure about this, if you're not sure about Christ, you're not sure about this Baptist thing, don't get hung up about Baptist. Most important thing is being a Christ believer and follower, trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. A Baptist is someone who believes in baptizing people who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's, that's the way I look at it.
So I got some good news for you. If you're not sure about all that, if you're like my high school buddies who don't know about all that, you can live forever. You can be forgiven of your sins. You can be free. You can live guilt-free. You can have a peace that passes all understanding, peace that the world doesn't know anything about. And in this text, there were some who remained in darkness, but you don't have to remain in darkness because Jesus is the light of the world. And he will forgive you of your sin. There's not a sin. <clears throat> David was an adulterer and a murderer, and he was a righteous man. I'm not glad about those two things, but I'm so thrilled that there was a way for him to be righteous. Abraham had some failures, but he believed God. It was counted unto him for righteousness. Moses killed an Egyptian. Had some other issues, anger issues, but he was a righteous man. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, if you're perfect, you don't need Christ. But I got news for you. You're not, and neither am I, and we do need him. So come to the light. Don't stay in the dark. Come to the light. Would you bow your head? If you're here this morning, you do not know that if you died, you'd go to heaven. I'm going to talk to you for one second here. I'm going to talk to you. You can know that your sins are forgiven. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know, K-N-O-W, that you have eternal life. You can know it. You don't have to hope about it. You don't have to worry about it. You can know you have eternal life. You know why? Because Christ died on the cross for your sins personally, and he rose again on the third day, and he's coming back one day. Put your faith in him. You say, how do I do that, preacher? It's called repentance and trusting Christ. And I'll, I, I'll, I'll explain it again. I'll give you a sample prayer right now. If your desire is to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you a sample prayer. But I, it will, the saying the words will not mean a thing unless you're, in, unless you're sincere and you mean it. And you, you repent of your sin and put your faith in Christ. So, so if you're interested in trusting Christ, at, at, here's the starting point. Just say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm going to die one day and stand before you. I believe that. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. He died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I believe he rose again on the third day. So this morning in this place, right where I'm seated, I want to trust you as my Lord, my God, my Savior, my Redeemer. I'm tired of the old life. I'm tired of doing things my own way. It doesn't work. So, Lord, right now, I put my full confidence and trust in you. Plus nothing, minus nothing, just in you. Because you said, if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that you've raised him from the dead, we can be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I call upon you right now. Save me. For Jesus' sake and for my sake, with every head bowed, not going to embarrass anybody. If you just prayed that prayer, it would encourage me for you to slip your hand up and hold it up for just a moment. Preacher, I just prayed that prayer, and I meant it with all my heart. Hold your hand up real high just for a moment, and then you can put it back down. I'm so thankful that we have a Savior and a God who did all that for us now. Christian, leave this place today. Don't even get off the property until you encourage somebody. Make that a calling to encourage others. Father, thank you.
for being such an encouragement. Thank you for giving us encouragers around us, other church members, family members, loved ones, even strangers sometimes. Whatever child put this little sticker on this pulpit. God, thank you for encouragement in Jesus' name.